Hi, I'm Rima, and you're listening to Think Like a Scientist. In this show, we break down barriers between scientific thinking and modern-day actions. We do this by interviewing groundbreaking leaders for the result of providing you real-life tools and experiences that you can use to bring positive impact. Hi everyone, I'm Rima. This is Think Like a Scientist. And for today's guest, we have Maha Tleba. She is an angel investor and leader for advancing opportunities for both women, men, and youth in Saudi and the global community. She is well-respected in startup environments and is the founder and a coach at Unoya, where she collaborates with young people as they approach life's milestones, encouraging self-awareness and authenticity. Maha began her journey as a young girl sitting in a classroom filled with vast opportunities. She started her education abroad growing up in Canada. She then got her bachelor's in childhood education from King Saud University and then went abroad again to get her master's in educational leadership at DePaul University in Chicago. It was at that time when she began an unexpected journey of self-discovery when the horrid events of 9-11 occurred. Let's welcome Mahat Leiba, a leader who fulfills opportunities and a driver for positive change. Hello, hello, Rima. Thank you so much for this beautiful introduction. Uh, it's very humbling. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining this podcast today, and we're all excited. So I wanted to start from the beginning. Uh, before you went into early childhood education, you mentioned that um, you there was a lot of hesitancy around you. And, you know, a lot of people around you questioned about why you didn't go into medicine. And your response was that early childhood education is the foundation of the scientist, the engineer, the doctor. And I find that powerful. Can you expand on why of why childhood is the core and essence of each person? Sure. For First of all, thank you for the invitation, Radema. I hope uh, my voice is clear. Yeah, um, you're good. So that's a very good question. I think um, I've I grew up in a family that uh, has education at heart. It's uh, it's it's always number one with my parents, with my aunts and uncles, and um, there was so much uh, emphasis on the importance of education and the value of education. But I think even more specifically, uh, I grew up uh, with my one of my favorite aunts who uh, works used to work in early childhood education. And I think it was um, a calling for me, education, as maybe seeing people grow and reach their full potential. Uh, probably at that time, I wouldn't be able to articulate it as I can articulate it today. But I knew that there was something special about education at that time. Uh, So even when I was maybe even before high school, I used to attend classes and courses that are related to parenting, that are related to behavioral change for children. And at that very, very young age, I understood that early childhood education is the foundation of uh, any person's characteristics and what what you learn at that age and how you see the role models around you, it actually it, it actually becomes who you are down the road. So um, early childhood is the foundation. Education is very important. 
And um, there was so much pressure, not necessarily in the close family, like not my parents or anything, but the wider family. At that time, it was like, there were very limited options for for women in Saudi back then. Not now, of course. It's it's uh, it's amazing uh, the opportunities that are available today. But back then, it was you're either a, seriously you're either a doctor or a teacher or maybe an engineer. And because my grades were really good uh, in high school, there was a lot of comments of since your grades are high, you can go into a medical school so why aren't you a doctor and and for me really I was really adamant about going into early childhood and I think I um, like even t- until today I, I don't regret it at all and I think it was the right decision to do at that time um, and I'm very proud of uh, being a kindergarten teacher for one year. I didn't continue, but I'm, I'm very proud of that. And believe it or not, what I learned back then, I use with grownups even today. So <laughs> that's really cool. So like, what are the ways that you use it with what what is, for example, one so, thing so- that so you know you learn a lot about listening to a child's feelings and acknowledging their feelings and uh having a um a a good discussion with the child to convince them to do something uh ignoring negative behavior uh looking at uh the the choosing your adjectives when you're when you're trying to to praise or compliment a child these are all things that are that were basic uh knowledge when we were learning uh early childhood education but this is really at its heart it is you know it's something that you use as a human so you do want to uh choose your adjectives when you're complimenting someone you do want to uh make sure that they feel that their feelings are valid um Maybe it, it sometimes is a good idea to to ignore negative behavior, even in grownups. So so I found it very useful. Wow, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And actually, like continuing on to what you mentioned, you said that you were a teacher for one year and then you realized that being a teacher was not what you were destined to do. And it's really important that you realize what it and be able to distinguish what it is that you want to do from what you don't want to do. So how did you come about that realization? Um, so, so first year of, uh, of work, I was a kindergarten teacher uh, at Kingdom Schools in Riyadh. And Kingdom Schools back then, it was its first year of opening. So it wasn't really uh, established well yet. You know, you, there are pieces of furniture missing, maybe some art tools that were missing, some, uh, um, you know, all the different toys and stuff, uh, material, educational material that were needed, where where some of them were missing. So I was tasked uh, to actually work on finishing all that and supporting the administration in some paperwork in developing some processes and systems. So I remember very clearly, I did enjoy being with the kids, um, but I enjoyed more 
the admin work and the leadership work that took place outside the classroom. And I remember that time would pass me by um, when I was doing, you know, all the preparations for the classroom, making sure that things are ready for the class, uh, making sure that there are processes and systems. I used to really, really enjoy doing that as opposed to being inside the classroom with the children. And I think that's when I noticed that, okay, um, I, I still enjoy education, but it's okay to to consider other options. And, and that's when I decided to apply for my master's in educational leadership, uh, because I did recognize, and I did get the feedback also from other people around me that I am doing a good job in administration or in leadership. Um, so I guess what I would say here is um, it's okay to, change careers it's okay to explore especially at a very early age it's okay to you know put yourself in different and new environments because it's important to know what you like but it's also very important to know what you don't like um, and and these are two different things like you 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 need to explore in order to figure it out um, so my advice is explore. And would you say that the part that you liked in administration is more similar to what you're doing now at Unoya, at your company? A kid, a hundred percent. Yes. So you um, like took that. Obviously it changed and it morphed and it developed and it, it, it progressed and it, uh, you know, it kind of, uh, it became different, but with time. And uh, now I'm not dealing with with five year olds. I'm dealing with uh, thirty five year olds. Um, <laughs> but uh, but still um, still the whole management, the whole leadership uh, part of it, the whole uh, human development, the um, you know supporting people to reach their full potential. All of that is still in the DNA of, of, of what I do today. Mm -hmm. And when you went to get your master's at DePaul, you mentioned that you begun an unexpected journey of self-discovery, being a Muslim Saudi woman studying in the US when the events of 9-11 occurred. So can you touch more on that? What, what really you know, brought this enlightenment? Sure. So all my life, I've been going back and forth. Uh, obviously, I lived in Canada in the, my, my first few years. But then uh, even after that, uh, when we came back to, to Saudi and I was living in Riyadh, every summer we would go and spend like three months, two months in the U.S., for example. So the U.S. in my mind was like a second home, given that we spent a lot of time there. But that's something. And then going and living there and studying there is a completely different experience. And I, I wasn't really prepared for that. Uh, I, uh, you know, it's usually summertime is, is the only time I spend outside my country. Uh, so, so it was already overwhelming. The idea of traveling and studying abroad away from your parents uh, was overwhelming. But, you know, my first day of, of class was on the 5th of September, 2001. Wow. 
and um, 9-11 obviously happened uh, a few days later and uh, it, it hit home because Saudi Arabia and Saudis were was in the news non-stop uh, back then and it was it was a very difficult time because because you didn't really know what to expect or what would happen or uh, like what's gonna what's going to happen uh, in the world uh, and 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 to my studies and is it safe to stay in the US or should I go back home so there was a lot of uh, turbulence in the beginning nonetheless uh, I can I can't complain about the experience that I had there people were very um, very calm and very welcoming and and they tried to even make you feel safe which was which was a blessing um, but I think that whole experience kind of accelerated my learning because now I'm questioning uh, not questioning but rather open uh, to different ideas different concepts trying to understand what's going on in the world uh, it was a it was a very interesting period I think it got me closer to home uh, in a way that was a bit unexpected uh, but also it was it was uh, it was fascinating to see you know in Saudi you're you're mostly meeting with with the locals uh, but in the US it's it's a it's a very diverse uh, set of people so you you even if you're meeting for example with the Muslim community it still looks very different than yeah. than what you're you're used to so so i learned so much from that perspective i heard very different points of view and um and it got me to to just realize you know or really appreciate humanity in overall and that we're all different but we're all the same at the same time so um that was one part of my experience obviously studying also was very different in the u.s uh like doing masters is very different than um all the kind of work that i i used to do before and i learned so many skills there but at the same time it, it as i said it, it really got me closer to home because now seeing the contrast i also appreciated so many things that i took for granted uh when i was living in saudi um and and that that was also beautiful because when i came back i was looking forward to the things that i really missed uh that was you know that were blessings uh in 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 saudi mm -hmm. so i just want to go back just a little because I just wanted, I was just curious and I wanted to ask what were the thoughts that went through your mind as soon as it happened, if you even remember? I think uh, one of the thoughts is like, no, this, this, is, this is not, you know, this is not something that is acceptable by any human being, let alone any religion or any country, or this is not something that anyone uh, would accept. And obviously, the news was was uh, was very harsh towards uh, towards Saudi Arabia, and um, that was uh, that kind of broke my heart because I know who we are and what country I was raised in, and it did not represent 
what was on TV at all. Um, it did not reflect what was on TV at all. So it was a very confusing, uh, confusing time, a very difficult time. And it kind of was also um, a motivation to show people the bright side. Um, it was a, a big motivation to show people the bright side. Uh, while I was living in the US, I, um, I was talking a lot about, you know, Saudi and our culture and our religion and how I believe it is and how I believe I would want to represent it. But also it was a huge motivation for me when I came back to serve my country well in order to make sure that uh, I'm doing my part at least. That's really great. Thank you for sharing your experiences and allowing yourself to, because I know it's very, it's a vulnerable experience. And uh, thank you for allowing yourself to share that. And um, in your bio, it's written that you are sharing your journey of self-awareness. And I believe it's a really important and integral part of, of us to be able to have self-awareness to, you know, understand how we can go through things and um, better the way that we cope um, what are you trying to let the youth know about self-awareness? The f- there are a few important things, I think. Uh, probably one of the main and most important things is that it's never too late to start knowing about yourself and it's never too early to start knowing about yourself. So the best time to start is now, immediately. Uh, because uh, because knowing more about yourself uh, really helps you make much better decisions down the road, helps you understand your feelings, it helps you build better uh, relationships with others around you. Um, so it, it, it really sets you off on a, 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 um, a better road towards your future. Now, knowing yourself, what does that really mean? It means that I know, I know what I like. I know what I don't like. Um, I know my strengths. Perhaps I also know my weaknesses, but I always say focus on your strengths. Um, that also means trying to understand how your upbringing um impacted how you think and how you feel and what you believe because we have so many limited beliefs that we you know believe in and and it it kind of constrains us um and and you know just really understanding how you grew up and where you grew up uh is also very important um one of the main things also is understanding what your values are and knowing what your va- values are identifying them knowing what they are knowing what they mean to you and then even like i always say don't go over five or six values and then even putting them in in a hierarchy because once you know what your values are um it'll become easier for you to make decisions because you'll make decisions that are more aligned with your values. And it'll also help you understand your feelings because like if you, um, if you have a really bad day, uh, usually it's because during that very bad day, 
there were incidents and experiences that violated some of your core values and that's why you felt really bad on the other hand there are amazing days and most likely those amazing days are because there were incidents and experiences that were so aligned with your values that you have uh, a great day so understanding what your values are helps you uh, really understand your feelings uh, and I think also self-awareness is a process it's a journey it does not end so let go of that expectation it's a continuous process I love how you articulated that in and how we may, you know, label a day as, you know, bad, or we may experience uh, moments where we feel, you know, we have difficult feelings because our values weren't aligned with. And I, I love how you articulated that because I never thought about it that way, but that's really nice. And um, for just everyone, even myself and everyone listening here, what's one way that we can start right now to learn more about ourselves? Well, there are lots of lots of things that you can do. Um, I can tell you a few right now. Uh, one is um, one is to 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 read uh, books that help you raise your awareness. And I can definitely, after I I, I continue my answer, I can also recommend a few books. Um, so reading is important. Uh, also maybe doing some of the psychometric tests that can help you get an idea of, uh, of your values. There is um, a test called VIA, and that helps you identify what your strengths are. And then uh, there are others uh, like uh, Berkman, there's, uh, there's the Myers-Briggs, which is a very uh, old test as well. It, all of these tests you take with a grain of salt, obviously, but it also gives you some insight uh, about, about yourself. Uh, another thing is if you can afford a coach, if you're open to having a coach or uh, someone that can help you and guide you, uh, that's always something that I, I recommend. Um, another thing is really be intentional about, about your day. So, so if you wake up in the morning, you, you're aware of, of yourself, of your body, of your soul, of your mind, of your heart, the quadrinity, and, and you're really, uh, you know, going through what's going to happen today mindfully. And then when right before you sleep, and I think the five minutes before you fall asleep are probably some of the very, the most important five minutes in the day, because those five minutes is the time, the alone time you have with yourself. And it's the time where you witness your day. So what happened today? How do I feel about what happened today? Uh, am I disappointed? Am I angry? Am I sad? Or am I happy and grateful and joyful? So what about that day uh, is impacting my feelings? And th 
when you start noticing that, then you start understanding more the things that happen, and then that will give you the the the, the ammunition or the insight to change if to change stuff either to increase all the good stuff or you know eliminate the bad stuff and then i think in those five minutes it's also important to be grateful and just you know um be grateful about whatever good that happened that day you know just breathing is is a blessing so so i think those are a few things uh that you can do some of the books that i recommend uh are the road less traveled is an amazing book uh there's another book called the untethered soul which is a great book daring greatly um is another good book um uh so yeah there are there are lots of good books out there but these are the the, the top three that come to mind yeah, you also see your, on your Instagram, you review a lot of books. So for yeah. those watching, they can go on your Instagram and uh, look at the books that she's reading and the, the, one, the ones that she's talking about right now. I think those will help as well. And I was also curious, I wanted to ask um, with your work and, you know, because you're also a coach at Unoya, what's one thing that you recognized that was in common between all the people, whether young or old, or just an, an adult, that when dealing with difficult experiences or life transitions okay that's a that's a big question so let's break it down a little bit um so i can tell you that with the youth uh and youth here i'm talking about 16 to 24 uh i think at least in our part of the world a lot of the youth don't see that it's um it's important to know more about themselves they always see that life is going to happen and it's they still have a lot of time and you know it's too early to start worrying <laughs> about knowing more about myself um and i think that's where they go wrong because the earlier you you are aware um the more the more you have a chance to learn from your experiences because every experience we go through whether good or bad is an opportunity to learn and uh, if you start early learning early and being aware early then you're you're increasing your 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 learnings and if we're taking the older segment which is like the 24 to 45 let's say that's when transformation happens because as they as someone grows older the responsibility increases so they're either uh, they have a job they want to get a raise they get married they have kids they're buying a house they're buying a car so there's a lot of different responsibilities that are coming into play and that's when life starts to become a little bit more challenging i don't want to say difficult but difficult and that's when people start to question their decisions and question their life am i doing the right thing should i be doing something different is this the right relationship what am i going to do with my kids all of these questions start to come in and the earlier you uh, know about yourself and your values and who you are and what you like um the easier it becomes to learn and and guess what we change 
we change over the years. So even if you knew yourself when you were, let's say 22, you're still gonna change and evolve. But I don't think it's, a, it's about what you like as much as the skill of knowing how to know what you like. And I think that's, that's very important. And that's why you need to start early because it's a muscle. It's a muscle to, to, that, you know, to really be aware of what you like and what you don't like and identify it and, and being aware of your values. And it's, it's a muscle, like this whole awareness is just a muscle. And if you, if you train your muscle early on, then even if your values or whatever change as you grow older, that's not the issue. The issue is really knowing what's happening and what are the changes that are going on in your, in your life. So in coaching um, with the younger group, I, I spend more time convincing them that it's important to know more about yourself and this is what you need to be thinking about. With the older group, uh, we spend more time trying to analyze uh, what happened and why it happened and, you know, moving people from victim mindset to taking responsibility and being accountable for what's going on and, and really looking at behavioral change as something uh, that is is possible and uh, can happen in terms of like because I know the topic of identity crisis comes up a lot and we briefly talked about it before Um, why does it happen or I'll reframe it better way I think identity crisis is a is a is maybe a loaded word and has uh, so many definitions and so many contexts and so many cultures so Mm -hmm. I think what what if we want to simplify the word and simplify what's going on um, when a young person grows older and moves from teenage years to their 20s there's always a passage that they have to go through and that creates sometimes it creates confusion it creates tension because now they're growing older they want to understand what who they are and and what they stand for and um, how they can impact the world around them. So then there's a lot of questions that happen and you start to question yourself, am I doing the right thing? Do I know who I am? Um, If I say no to the world, will the world listen or will it push me back? Um, So so these are things that usually happen and it's it's a normal process. Uh, and everybody goes through it at a certain, like at different degrees. I think the challenge comes when even the environment itself is is crazy. So, so right now, for example, um, one of the one of the leading causes of identity crisis is, for example, social media, because what you see in the world or what you see on your screen can be very different than reality. And there's a window of opportunity for you as an individual to show yourself to the world in a very different way. And I think that opportunity uh, allows for more 
potential identity crisis. Because if I'm using all kinds of filters and posting just like my beautiful, clear face uh, to it on Instagram, and I'm, I'm living a very different reality, then that causes more confusion. And I think, um, I think the younger generation right now, the generation that grew up uh, knowing does not, that do not know a world without um, social media have a very different way of seeing the world than the people who lived a time where there was no social media. I think um, it's a very difficult time uh, right now. And it's very challenging. Um, I feel for for the younger generation because it's not easy. I think it's more difficult, even though you know internet and technology has has you know changed our lives and made it so much easier. I think it has made it way more difficult for mental health. Um, and I think that's a struggle that that a lot of people are facing these days. Mm -hmm. the, yeah, the digital world is complex because it can make us feel connected, but at the same time isolated. And for those growing up without knowing how it is like without social media, it can be hard to live the same reality that you portray online. So like, for example, those listening, how can we manage a life with and without a filter? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, you know, I think one of the one of the things I, I go back to self awareness. Uh, really, uh, I'm a big believer in 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 really doing your inner journey, and I think for me, uh, as difficult as it was in 2020 with COVID, and we were all in lockdown, and the whole world was in lockdown i think uh, that lockdown was a, a gentle generous invitation to look inside me and really try to understand me who i am what are my challenges what are my programmings um what's keeping me from what i want to, to achieve and you know all of these different and difficult questions and I think that helps me become grounded and more real and there's so much self-love that comes with knowing yourself and having way more healthy conversations with yourself and I think the number one person that's most important that you know how to communicate with is your own self so the self-dialogue that happens in your mind is the number one make it or break it kind of relationship and 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 you know healthy conversations with yourself come from knowing more about yourself comes from self-compassion comes from forgiveness comes from knowing that you do your best and then and then you know you you as long as you're trying your best everything is going to be as as best as it can be so so i think having that inner inner awareness 
inner compassion, inner love uh, grounds you. And when you're grounded, it becomes more difficult for you to be distracted by all the craziness that's happening on, on social media. So, uh, so then you tend to not be that interested in all the filters, maybe the funny ones, <laughs> but not, not interested in, in all the, you know, the filters that are yeah. supposed portraying you in a, in a better way to the world. Yeah, I know one thing I learned during lockdown, which uh, because, you know, it really was like an invitation into inner work was that was self-compassion, because I know I struggled with allowing myself to rest without feeling guilty. And one thing I learned was that just allowing myself to rest and especially going into university. So what is one thing that you learned personally um, after lockdown and during the pandemic? So. Um, I read a lot of books in, in lockdown. One of the best books I read was Letting Go. Uh, it's called Letting Go by David Hawkins. And I think that um, I think it was a it was a chance for me to focus on all the negative feelings that I've been trying to avoid all my life. Because there was like this was there was this huge amount of time, and I was like in a very specific location. I wasn't moving. I wasn't going out. I wasn't doing anything. We had like twenty four hour lockdowns in Riyadh, and you know I was in my home. So it was like okay. So what else am I gonna do? I might as well deal with all the bottled up negative emotions. So I was introduced to all of those negative emotions to my shadow self and really trying to understand, you know, all of these negative emotions and, you know, try to break them down and understand them and, and not just understand them, but actually feel them. So I, um, I'm being very open here, but probably, you know, the lockdown time was, was a time where I cried a lot uh, because those feelings just needed to go out. And it was a perfect time because I need, didn't need to see anyone or, you know, see people or anything. It was just me <laughs> in my room so, and my coach. So I was just crying, um, crying and crying and crying. And um, I, I realized that, you know, negative feelings are, yeah, negative, but um, actually feeling them uh, is not that bad. And in fact, once you let the emotions pass through you and out, you feel so much more peaceful and, and you leave space for all the good stuff to come flowing back in. So, so I think we all try to avoid you know, feeling shame or feeling fear or guilt or grief or all of, and like the whole world has a lot to grieve with, with everything we lost in COVID, whether it was innocent people that, 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 uh, you know, 
passed away because of the disease or it was just the the normal things that we were used to doing like traveling and and the likes and we lost all of that for a very long period of time so that alone is is grief and just dealing with all of that but you know everybody has their own set of negative feelings and the tendency to push them away, bottle them up, watch Netflix instead uh, is, 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 is very easy. Yeah, with mental health, uh, you know, being more talked about nowadays, there's also this, you know, a bunch of quotes on Instagram. It remind, reminded me of one, of one quote that I saw, which was like, pretending you don't have feelings doesn't protect you from them. So it reminded me of that when you were speaking about it. And uh, and how, you know, suppressing your emotions doesn't, you know, help you heal from them later on. It will just, you know, make it more difficult to deal with them. There's a, there's a quote, what you suppress, you depress. Wow, that's a good thought. And then one thing I found in common between me and you was that you believe in investing in companies that align with your values. So as, as an entrepreneur, what types of initiatives do you find valuable to invest in this era? So I started off um, really focusing on Arabic digital content. Uh, I believe that our region is underserved because we don't have enough, you know, engaging, interactive Arabic content that speaks to us, our story, our culture, our needs, our our uh, our our language. And uh, I supported, invested in a lot of companies that are related to that. Um, now I'm a little bit more open to investing in other companies, uh, in other sectors, um, mostly in the tech space. Uh, I'm really looking at WellTech now because there are lots of different uh, solutions coming out to support well-being, to support mental health um, and the likes. My number one thing that I look at when I, when I want to invest in a company is, is the founder. Uh, it's very important for me that the founder shares some of my own core values just to make sure that you know I'm investing in a company that is is conscious uh, in a sense that it does not do harm at least uh, so so it's 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 also aligned with what I believe in. I know there are many young students watching or listening to this podcast and I know it takes a lot of effort and determination to go out there and explore like you said in the beginning what you like and what you don't like what would you say to those who are still unsure about what they want to do what i uh one of the, like first of all again do the tests read the books uh if you can find a coach find a coach but another another cool thing that you can do is actually ask the people that know you the most ask your friends, ask your relatives, ask the people that you're, 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 you're around and know you enough, at least maybe not know you a lot, but know you enough and get their feedback because you'll be surprised uh, with the kind of feedback you get from others. And a lot of people don't ask, so you don't get that valuable information from others. 
Um, so I would say ask, I would say read books, I would say do tests and get coaching if you can. Okay, that's really great. And winding down, I guess I'm going to just summarize everything we talked about. So we talked about um, your path into early childhood education. We talked about your experiences living in the US as a student uh, when 9-11 occurred. We talked about self-awareness and the importance of knowing yourself and what you and what you like and don't like and we also talked about how um it's okay to change pathways about and how and just to explore the things that you like and um be open to learning new things uh we talked about also the digital world and social media and the youth right now dealing with the difficulties of social media living with a filter compared to the reality that which creates confusion we talked about um how to be ourselves how to um learn more about ourselves through uh, the things that we do uh even journaling and reading books you emphasize a lot about reading books and I'm, I'm sure I'll put that as well the books that you mentioned and we talked about how your experiences as a founder of Unoya, the uh, gratitude. We talked about investing in companies. And lastly, we talked about um, the self, self-awareness and the importance of learning about who you are again. And I think a lot of this, this is very, very valuable. And I thank you a lot for all the knowledge and experiences that you talked about. And I'm sure so many people uh, listening or watching this are going to really take a lot from it. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, Rima. And I just wanted to say that I'm really proud of you and the work that you're doing because um, it's, yeah, I when when you first spoke to me, uh, I was I was so excited because it's very it's very important for youth to see people that are so interested in improving their lives so interested in reaching their full potential so i'm i'm very proud of the work that you're doing and i hope you're an amazing role role model for for all the all the 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 students uh that are going to be listening to us so thank you so much thank you thank you so much that means a lot coming from you thank you for listening in i'm rima and this is think like a scientist mm-hmm.